tricky. I I think I wanted to do more video content and I definitely didn't even know how to like re- press record. Like that's how I, I had no idea how to make videos, but I was like, I could be how I could connect with people and be able to show them tips and tricks behind it. And, and I guess that's another way to advertise for my workshop. So my online workshops that I currently have, they're more advanced hours and I want to bring the interest in the YouTube content. And then if they want to advance their skills, they could purchase my online workshop. And so that's kind of where originally where I started the YouTube content. But now I guess I want it to be more of a like a DIY content place like Instagram, like it's hard because I you only have like a minute. I, I haven't really touched IGTV yet. So I only do the one minute within the news feed. But it's tricky. How do you teach someone how to make flowers within the minute, you know? <laughs> so like, I was like, I, I think I needed to do the, or use YouTube for that. And eventually my goal is hoping to monetize from it. It might be something small, but at least have something out there. Yeah. Welcome to season two of the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with artists and industry leaders from around the world. Our goal is to share knowledge, connect our community and elevate the artistry of our craft. Hi, I'm Jesse Chu. Hello, I am Quinn Wynn, and we are the founders of the Paper Floors Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Have you ever looked at your Instagram feed and website and Facebook and wondered, how do I make my brand look more consistent across different social media platforms? Trust me, I have. And today we get to talk to Sarah Kim of Handmade by Sarah Kim. Sarah has been able to create really an impeccable brand that's not only consistent, but really recognizable on every social media platform. And every time I look at her Instagram feed, I know that when I go to her website, something similar is going to be reflected on her website. Like I have no doubt when I look at her images that it's hers and that her flowers are hers and everything. I swear everything, including her new YouTube channel. <laughs> I know. Brand. So, <laughs> so that's why we brought Sarah on to talk about that. But first, Sarah, we'd love to hear a little bit about how you started making paper flowers because it's 10 years this year, which is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, which is thank you. Thank you. Completely amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you started. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So ten years ago, I I originally majored in music. So I was teaching music full time. That was my career. And then I I needed a creative outlet, which happened to be paper related. So I was making a lot of cards. So I did birthday cards, thank you cards, things like that. I, I collected stamps, so all sorts of like paper crafting materials. And then from there, I was like, I, I want to put little flowers on my cards. So it went from like 2D flowers, like flat flowers, from die cut flowers to I was like, I need to make my own flowers. So it just ended up becoming like a regular paper flower with the stem on it. And it was kind of a long process, but I went from making cards, paper flowers, messing with all sorts of DIY stuff, and then went into the wedding industry, which was kind of my main part of the business. So I turned all my paper flowers into fabric flowers and then sold headpieces. So I cool. sold little flower crowns. I've sold like, like tiaras. Like using like fabric? Made. Using fabric? Uh, fabric, or? rhinestones, crystals. So it was like a, all sorts of just wedding related materials. Oh, yeah. And then... Did you burn the fabric? Did you get... I, I do have a tutorial for that. <laughs> and, Check uh, it out, you guys. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is burning and doing a fray check on the edges and certain types of material it actually looks good when it is frayed you got to test it out but yeah it, it wasn't until like recently actually that I came back 
to paper flowers. So it was actually this year that was my first year to officially let go my bridal line this new year. Oh, was it sad to let it go? It was sad, but I felt like, well, you know, everybody wants to go into the wedding industry, especially when they get married or when they're Mm -hmm. going to get married. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, I, that was my thing, I guess. And then now I'm, I'm already married. I have my kid and I'm like, ah, I guess I'm not that interested in weddings anymore. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've been um, there, done that. How long yeah. were you in the industry for? I started 10 years ago and it was this year, this new year was the year that I officially let go of my whole bridal line. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been featured on Anthropology, right? Their yeah, bridal line? Beholden. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, they were one of my big retail stores that I did wholesale for and like maybe in the beginning part of my business. Mm-hmm. So I actually sold paper flowers and garters and headpieces to them. Oh, that's amazing. That must yeah. have been taking a lot of mass production because I feel like. Yes. <laughs> wow. Did you have like a big team? No, I, I, when I did that, it was before I had a kid. So I did that all by myself, but amazing. I was making thousands of oh, at yeah. a time. Like it was really, wow. yeah, it was rough. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> it was rough though. Yeah. I can only imagine that is, how are your hands and arms and your shoulder um, and your neck? <laughs> I mean, now it's better. When I do wholesale or when I do projects that are really big, it was a trial and error to figure out like how much I could make at a time Mm -hmm, for sure, uh, without officially like ruining my arms and and wrists. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I actually don't spend that much time making the flowers. Like I can make them really quick, but I could only make increments of 10 at a time. Because if I do more than 10, then the next day I, I probably can't use my hands. Yeah. So sore. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stretching, you guys. Make sure you stretch yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you're like bending over too, right? I don't know. Depending on how tall yeah. you're always bending over and like yep. hunched yeah. over and doing this, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's really tiring on your body. Yeah. But that's amazing. Uh-huh. Wow. I could not even imagine. No, such an accomplishment. <laughs> so now, so after that, <laughs> all of that, <laughs> you decided to switch gears, right? Yeah. So what inspired you to do that? Well, like I said, I wasn't into weddings anymore because like I had my kid and I was like, eh, I don't even like going to weddings anymore. Like I'm going to birthday parties, baby showers. Right? Yeah. It's all about the kid I now. Mean, like, yeah. So I, I think, and somewhere in between, I was transitioning slowly. Like I, I, I felt like my business was definitely targeting more towards paper flowers. Like you can see on my Instagram, it was mostly paper flowers. Like the bridal line was slowly already like just going away. Mm-hmm. So I think when, I think last year was the first year that I probably most of the money that I made was from paper flowers from big project to workshop to like sponsored content. They weren't sponsoring me for wedding stuff. They were sponsoring me for paper flowers. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I think this is it. Like this is the new year that I need to just forget about the rhinestones and pearls and veils Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. um, I did a huge closet clean out and made more space for paper. Yeah, That's awesome. Are you focusing mainly on cardstock or are you adding in crepe paper? I own one sheet of crepe paper that I (laughs) bought randomly because I wanted to try it out but I I think I want to keep my brand specific to cardstock paper mm-hmm. and my biggest thing the reason why I initially started with cardstock was 10 years ago we didn't I didn't think I checked crepe paper and I couldn't find it anywhere like I had to do an international shipment to bring it over here and it was like really not that cute colors now it's 
definitely more accessible. So I could tell I could find it at, on regular places. But like when I initially started, I had to use construction paper or I had to use printer paper and figure it out. So I actually like that though. And mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and I could help anybody to make it out of paper that they have at home. And that's kind of where I want to keep my tutorial content like accessible and you can use whatever household materials you have at home. You don't have to invest into something too foreign, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I'm in Cardstock. Do you film your own tutorial at home or do you have a studio yes. that you go to? Yeah, I, I'm in my workspace. I, not right now, but usually in my workspace. And um, I have like a whole setup now. That was also like a, a huge learning process. So uh, for the longest time I was like you know what no one's gonna watch my YouTube like <laughs> I was like trying to grow it and I only yeah. had like three people following it which is like me and my husband <laughs> so, so I was like oh, no one's gonna watch it and I'm never gonna get to like the YouTube monetizing you know thing but like I think that's my advice for everybody. Like if you keep thinking that you're never going to get anywhere. So I was like, I need to take my own advice. I, like, obviously no one's watching it because I have no videos on there. So if I keep <laughs> making videos, <laughs> eventually like, and you can even see even in my videos, it's gotten better. Like I, somewhere in between, I invested in lighting and invested in a nicer camera, things like that. So I think it gets me motivated the more I do it too. Like obviously when I started, I didn't, I was like, oh, no one's going to watch this. why did you decide to start a youtube channel i mean it is a huge undertaking and you know i've seen successful ones they like they have to pump up a lot of content oh yeah 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 so what was your thinking behind investing time and energy into another social media platform Uh, that's tricky i i think i wanted to do more video content and I definitely didn't even know how to like press record. Like that's how, like I I had no idea how to make videos, but I was like, it could be how I could connect with people and be able to show them tips and tricks behind it. And, and I guess that's another way to advertise for my workshops. So Mm -hmm. my online workshops that I currently have, they're more advanced hours and I want to bring the interest in the YouTube content. And then if they want to advance their skills, they could purchase my online workshop and so that's kind of where originally where I started the YouTube content but now I guess I want it to be more of a like a DIY content place like Instagram like it's hard because I you only have like a minute I I haven't really touched IGTV yet so I only do the one minute within the news feed but Mm -hmm. it's tricky how do you teach someone how to make flowers within the minute you know (laughs) so like I was like I I think I needed to do use YouTube for that and eventually my goal is hopefully hoping to monetize from it. It might be something small, but at least have something out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a great way for branding, just putting mm-hmm. yourself out in YouTube because there is such a huge platform of people mm-hmm. that are just looking for how to yeah. make. And mm-hmm. if you just do the search like tutorials, paper flower tutorial, you come up with thousands now, which is yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. And I just love your branding because it definitely puts you above other people because it's nice, clean, professional. And it's amazing that you do it yourself. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was uh, mentioning to you earlier, but basically like I feel like I had to learn all of that. I had to learn how to take pictures, first of all. Like I didn't even know how to use the DSLR, but I had to learn that. It has nothing to do with making paper flowers, but basically I had to learn how to like use the camera and then take the photo and then prop it, style it, and then edit it and Photoshop it. Like those are all things that were completely new to me, but I feel like it's so important for new small business owners, like whether it is paper flower making or 
just any other craft or any other artist in the creative industry is so it's as important as your craft itself so mm -hmm. i definitely recommend you guys like looking up tutorials for photoshop or how to edit videos and things like that i mean like you were saying before like even if you make this gorgeous flower if you yeah. shoot it in poor lighting or it's in the bad angle or it's fuzzy mm -hmm. no one's going to be able to appreciate it and it's yeah. not really going to reflect well i suppose on your <laughs> abilities and talent customer attention yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, such a, a cool learning process. Um, I mean, obviously, you have 10 years of experience as well, 10 years maybe to kind of yeah. learn what your <laughs> style is. But I mean, for let's say, you know, for our listeners who are new at this, new at making paper flowers or making, like you said, any kind of creative creative product or piece, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of them looking at their Instagram feed and saying, you know what, I don't know what my style is. I don't know what my brand is. What kind of advice would you give them? And also another caveat is like, how do you know when to rebrand if somebody has been doing it for a while? I think it definitely comes with the time, but I, I feel like the most important thing is to put time into it. So just be consistent in posting every day or posting at the timely, like scheduled plan or what. Like, I feel like if you lose your audience, like there's like, it's going to be hard to bring that back. So I think if you're consistent with posting, then you'll also gradually find your your brand and you'll find your style that you, you like. But I mean, like I, for me personally, I gravitate towards a specific filter or towards mm -hmm. a specific like preset. I think you start from there. If you like, you like that filter or whatever you do just use it and use yeah. that and keep it consistent in that sense. And I used to do a lot of thrifting. So I would actually like buy all sorts of random props. So <laughs> like for us paper flower makers, we love yeah. vases and, yes. and <laughs> things like that. So I, I mean, I, I feel like you need to just shop around for that mm -hmm. too. And, and experiment to a use bit. that. Yeah, be able to use that in your photos. And that also helps to kind of come alive, basically, rather than just doing a flat lay. Although I love flat lays, but like, yeah, if you if you prop it and like I also invested in backdrops so things like that will also help what's your favorite company for backdrops because there's so many now uh, I don't really remember her name I want to say it's like the lending company or something it's it was through Etsy so I could probably look it up and then send there it to are, you guys if you I guys think, like it yeah sure yeah I think our listeners would mm -hmm. be really interested in that mm -hmm. there are a ton of backdrops companies now some I'm pretty sure in like every like big city so if you want to shop local they probably every big city but there's some yeah. I would say like that are more expensive than others some are more portable yeah. than others and yep. some of them have different looks so you can buy like a small square versus a mm -hmm. huge backdrop that you hang up yeah yeah I honestly love even like fabric you can go to Joann's and get some chiffon or something and yeah like a drapier look and you could also just do plain poster boards if you want to just keep it white or you could paint it yourself I, I mean mm -hmm. it doesn't have to go fancy but mm -mm. um I, I have bought a handful of nice like textured ones and they really make it look different from the plain white although sure. I love white backdrops yeah yeah oh a tip for you guys if you go to Home Depot if you go to their clearance section sometimes they'll have giant tiles that you can use for backdrop yes, and they're really yes. inexpensive because they're like the last few and they want to mark it mm -hmm. down. You can get one for like a couple bucks, which is really, mm -hmm. and they're kind of heavy, but you know, that's going to last a really long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like marbly. I definitely done that before. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Use what you have. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I do love how you're confident about your aesthetic or your style and what you like and what you don't like. And I mean, you said some of that does take time, but does that also 
I mean, what, where does that come from? Does that come from what, you know, your experience, your 10 years experience, or does it come from, you know, other things in your life? Hmm. I definitely, I love little details. Like even in my home, I, I try to make sure it's clean and make, I have little details all around the home. I feel like I you need to find it clutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a learned thing, but you have to like learn the different mediums, like even in home design or even in invitations or something like that, you know, like wedding invitations makers like they the way they prop it and things like that mm-hmm. yeah basically studying pinterest studying what you like mm-hmm. um and yeah, then yeah. seeing what is it that you like about it and then kind of yeah. maybe incorporating that into your it. own into yeah. your own work somehow in your own way i i actually try never I, I like one of my biggest things is i try not to follow too heavy on paper flower makers like fellow mm-hmm. paper flower makers i i definitely want to follow them to support them for the community but i don't i try not to get inspired by them and I think that's how I find my own style in a sense like if and unintentionally if I follow someone too heavy I, I start looking like them basically mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. um so I, I I really like cake makers and yes. they have nothing to do with yeah. paper flowers but yep. they make flowers too on their cake yeah, and yeah. the way they prop it yeah. you can totally get inspired by it and in that way like it actually doesn't it's not there's no conflict of interest also mm-hmm. and like I was saying like wedding invitation mm-hmm. uh, yeah. designers they yeah. always have like a flat lay that's so gorgeous beautiful. which you could take full inspiration for and mm-hmm. do paper flowers instead of the invitation I obviously fresh florists like people that mm-hmm. work with real flowers mm-hmm. are a good inspiration but basically I try not to be too heavy on fellow paper flower makers but mm-hmm. all sorts of different mediums you can yeah. really be inspired by sure. and following like the uh, Instagram famous people that are in that industry so mm-hmm. for cake making or for real flowers people like that I love to follow embroidery crafters they're just yes. oh, well, I could tell you like yes. embroidery. <laughs> <laughs> I used to embroider way back then when I had more time but uh-huh. it's so inspiring to see them great just with just needle and thread mm-hmm. it's just no and, and it's getting better and better I feel like when I used yeah. to be in, in embroidery like it wasn't that advanced I know right <laughs> yeah yeah so for your website, I mean, like there's, like I said, like your branding is so consistent across different social media platforms. Do you build your own website? Do you like, did you determine what fonts to use or, you know, your logo? Like how did that come about so that you were consistent across different social media platforms? So for my website specifically, I built it myself now, but originally a lot of actually a lot of the things that I've done, I've got a little bit of help from someone that is in that industry. So for website, originally it was a web designer that helped me. And then I was able to kind of do it myself later. Same with photography. Like I had a, a real photographer in the beginning that kind of helped me like do little things and show me a couple tricks and things like that. And then I was able to gradually get better at it. Same with graphic design. I was able to kind of take that, the little tips that they showed me. And a lot of them happened to be my friends because I was in the wedding industry, they were there were graphic designers, there were photographers, <laughs> there were web designers, yeah. all in the wedding industry. So I mean, yeah. it just naturally, it was, I, I got really lucky to be able to have that community to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with videography too. Like wedding videographer was the original uh, videographer that kind of helped me bring that alive. So I think for my website originally, that was, it was just through like a Squarespace thing, but the fonts and images, like it is like a little detail, but it's so mm-hmm. important. And it's, yeah. and it's also something that you almost have to study. So like, you know, some people might not notice things that are not aligned 
trained or not like have the consistent thought though the ones that have tails versus the ones that are straight but those are the little details that like make you stay consistent and Mm -hmm. like even though a normal person might not care like the overall look even that little tail on a on a letter a Mm -hmm. is as important as your product itself so basically it's the little details that no one really knows you almost have to like (laughs) keep that in mind all the time and like I said like it has nothing to do with making paper flowers but you have to kind of know all of that and it is I don't know it it is hard but it is an investment into Mm -hmm. my business basically so a lot of research for those that are still looking for their right font or the right colors, I say experiment, work with it for a few mm-hmm. months and use it constantly and see if you do love it or if you don't, then switch. I think it's a great way to experiment and find your mm-hmm. font or your branding color. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and for me, I actually had my logo done, calligrapher. But from there, I was able to find my inspiration for the font that I want for the rest of my website that could kind of like match, I guess, with my logo. Mm-hmm. And even though the logo has, looks like you know handwriting if you could still make sure that your font on your website looks like it's tied into it how do you go about finding a calligrapher to create your i guess your name or your branding i i found her on etsy nice so yeah (laughs) i think i sat there and looked through like hundreds of pages of calligraphers and there was this one lady that had little flowers on the edge of her like calligraphy and that's just it that sold me and I was like can you make me my co- can you make me my logo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she so she has these little flowers on the H of my handmade and then that's kind of been my consistent look throughout my logo my website even like the smaller logo. I also got my workshop logo calligraphied Mm -hmm. and then added that flower portion to it as well. So just kind of worked out. I love that because you have, mm-hmm. you know what you like, you know, and if you, and you stick to I it. Mean flowers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I like yeah. what that looks like on that age yeah. and you stick to yeah. it. I mean, it becomes yep. your brand, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But going back to, I think Quinn had asked previously about rebranding. I mean, in your 10 years, how many times have you rebranded? Um, okay. Well, just the logo itself, it was only twice, but I mean, the website and just in general, I mean, there, there's been so many transitions. So mm-hmm. originally going from paper flowers to the wedding accessories was a whole rebrand. And then from the wedding accessories to my workshop, which was paper flower related, was a whole new rebranding. And then from workshops to just paper flowers is a whole new thing. So, I mean, there was a lot of times that I kind of had to rethink where my business is going, but I think it has to, I mean, for me, it naturally happened. It wasn't like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to come up with a whole new idea. It wasn't like that. It was, it was still a process and I was able to kind of go along with what my audience liked. So I could tell that like, a lot of my audience liked my wedding stuff. So I was able to gradually go into the wedding industry. And then from the wedding stuff, I was able to see people wanting to take workshops. Mm-hmm. And I was able to build my workshop. And then from there, like, I mean, of course, I had to spark that interest, like, like, oh, I offer these workshops. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I do think you need to test it all out. And then if your audience loves it, then go for it. And then mm-hmm. from there, you can build that. And yeah. I mean, like I said, like my even my YouTube, when I originally started, like I was like, nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> it had poor lighting. If you guys actually go back to my first, first <laughs> video, it was like, I just hired the exposure on iMovie or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no lighting. Yeah. So I mean, 
like, but then I realized it was a good investment. I knew that there was going to be people watching it. So like by maybe like the fifth video, I was like, okay, I bought new lights and, <laughs> and they were affordable. Yeah. yeah. So yep. I, I was able to build that part of my video content. And, and honestly, like YouTube culture is actually kind of cool. Like there's plenty of videos that aren't great quality mm-hmm. and they could still be famous. So I, <laughs> I know it's amazing. Like, <laughs> it's the content. It's the, yeah, it is yeah. content. Content. It is content. Yeah. And and it is being consistent in the sense of putting it out there often. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. I lose it, if I don't do it for a good month, I lose the people coming back when I finally mm-hmm. post my video. Yeah. So you have to kind I of build tell. it up again. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like I don't I'm not sure how the statistics work, but basically I don't think a lot of my Instagram viewers are my YouTube viewers. Mm-hmm. I think they're very different. I think I have a different audience on YouTube and then I have a different audience on Instagram. In the beginning, I was telling all my Instagram followers to go subscribe to my YouTube channel. They were like, we don't even know how to do that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because I don't know how to do that either. <laughs> I actually think like it's a whole new platform that you kind of have to learn. And if you feel like there is a good like pickup, like then go ahead and go do for do it. But like like Pinterest was actually kind of my weakest link. And I felt like I didn't see a lot of that engagement that I was able to do on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so actually Pinterest, I use it just for my personal use, although although it's like an open account. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it for my own, I don't know how to do my nails or like how to do my hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> not not really for paper flowers. But, I mean, I do occasionally like post my things on there, but like I don't use it for a business related account as much as I do for Instagram and mm-hmm. for YouTube, basically. It's a lot to take on all, you yeah. know, having all different platforms. You just kind of have to, you know, prioritize certain ones and, yeah. and put your energy in that. Because if you mm-hmm. spread, if you're just one person, like if you spread yeah. yourself so thin, like you kind of don't do anything right, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like you said, consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And posting is so important. Something's yeah. going to fall on the wayside, right? Mm-hmm. So, like my blogging, I, I mean, I always say I want to blog, and I like get like a good couple weeks in, and then after that, like I don't blog for a whole year. But <laughs> I just, we laugh because we know. I know. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, like Instagram and and YouTube as well, like it's a, a really good way to advertise for your work mm-hmm. and to put your work out there for free, basically. Like you don't yeah. have to pay for it, yeah. and people retailers and people that want to pay you for sponsored posts are actually finding you through Instagram and YouTube, not not on any other platform. Mm-hmm. So I that's why I was able to feel like it's important to put good content on there, whether or not paid or free. Like yeah, I, for sure. I try to keep it consistent. Yeah. For sure. So I, I'm constantly reminding my customers, my clients, my the retail stores that are trying to sponsor us, reminding them like, here I am, here I am. Like, here's my work. Here's my work. That's yeah. true. That's a good way yeah. of getting at it. Yeah. Saying that. It doesn't have to be new mm-hmm. content. It's just to make sure that you're like there. You're like your face is there. They remember mm-hmm. you. They see you mm-hmm. pop up. Oh, yes. Sarah. Oh, yes, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And then just mm-hmm. that creates that kind of trust and relationship with them. Yeah. yeah. And tagging and all those hashtags. It's like, exactly. It's to just be there and be relevant in a sense. Mm-hmm. But like, 
the best part about this is free. Like I, 10 years ago, when I started this, I had to pay to advertise. I had to pay to like be on other people's blogs. That was mm-hmm. like a thing at one point, yeah, not yes. anymore. <laughs> like, I had to like pay to be sponsoring them to feature me. But like now you get to have your own social media platform. And that's why it's kind of investment as a small business owner to know that social media is important. You can truly get business from Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. How do you go about using which platform to focus your energy on? Because, you know, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Pinterest, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Reels now. There's so many. Like, how do you know which one to like pick and choose? And how do you carry that branding across all the different platforms? Because each one has its own format to reproduce. And that takes time to edit your videos to get that same look. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I don't even know how I do it either. Um... I think for me personally, Instagram is one of my most important because I get I get actual customers through it. Like I mm-hmm. could be that and I could see that I could get sponsored content on my on my Instagram. And I have the biggest following on there versus all my other platforms. And then from there, I want I think I learn it from everybody else's experience, whether they have presence or not, and whether they can get sponsored through other platforms or not. Pinterest actually has a pretty good business part to it too. And I know a handful of people that like their sole platform is Pinterest, which is really interesting because I've never been able to do that for my business. I mean, like I get I guess you have to pick and choose which one is the most important to you and from there be able to like follow up all the rest of them but it really is just taking advantage of that free advertising basically (laughs) like how do you advertise your work I don't know if I could advertise my work through Pinterest as much as I could advertise it through Instagram because Pinterest I think people are more mindless about pinning pictures because it's all about images yeah, I, I don't really know how important it is to be personally attached to where that photo was from. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Instagram, it was it, you follow that person and that person like pops up and they have the caption and then and then you follow them through their stories. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more, I feel like, interactive mm-hmm. than Pinterest does. So that's why sure. I, I choose Instagram before Pinterest. Mm-hmm. But YouTube, I think it was just my my idea of trying to give people tips and tricks on how Mm -hmm. to make flowers and how to do DIY stuff like but longer than a minute and then hoping in the long run that I could do a a small monetizing content on YouTube so that's why I decided to next choose YouTube I guess and that was also another way to bring people to be interested in my regular workshops Mm -hmm. so those are my paid online workshops and those are much more intensive and much more advanced if I could spark their interest on YouTube and then eventually take them to my workshops that would be like another way to advertise my workshop sure. through YouTube content. Yeah. And the thing with Instagram is the only thing is like you always have to do link in bio or like you have to swipe yeah. up, but it, it's like, you know, within Instagram. So I, I think the biggest thing with Instagram is you can't have direct link, whereas YouTube, like underneath, there's like an actual direct link caption. So you could mm-hmm. you can Very put easily. your link on there and people will come. Exactly. And um, I also do, I'm affiliated with like random like retail stores. Mm-hmm. So I have like an Amazon affiliate and this brand or this program called Reward Dial. Mm-hmm. So you get a very small percentage of sales mm-hmm. if you do like tools, like like scissors that you like or mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I wanted to use that for my YouTube content yeah. because I can't 
link all of that on my Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's so many people that ask me like, oh, what's your favorite paper? What's your favorite scissors? What's your favorite glue gun? Or even just like, you know, like mom stuff, right? Like what's your favorite, like whatever toy or something like that. To find that small, like affiliated link will also help bring like attraction to that. And I mean, honestly, if you're going to review about your favorite pair of scissors, I mean, it's nice to get a couple cents in there too, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Can I ask you about sorry the sponsored posts because you talked about mm-hmm. it a couple of times and Instagram is big on that. How do you how do you decide who to collaborate with? So there's so many I mean, people that approach you and they like want you to sorry just an example like oh I sell something totally unrelated you know so yeah tell us a little bit about like you know what your what your what you think. So luckily I felt like most of my most of the people that pitched their ideas to me it was very related or I could definitely have some kind of content that relate to their post. So that is nice. But yeah, there were random companies like like teeth whitening or something. I was like, that's so random. I don't know if I'm <laughs> gonna post that on my actual feed. Like I did do like a shout out and I and as long as you're not like signing a contract that says you're gonna have like that content on there like mm-hmm. and you I guess have to bargain and how you're going to feature them. Mm-hmm. You could still put it out there if you want to. Mm-hmm. But I try not to do anything that's so unrelated because I feel like I'm robbing my audience like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to make a couple bucks. Yeah. So usually like the biggest things are like craft. I got recently sponsored through Michaels, which was huge because I use my, I go to Michaels all the time. Oh, so <laughs> I, was like, I was like, there's no, no reason to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I'm already there the day before they emailed me, you know? So yeah, exactly. like, of course. Yeah. And so like, if it's a craft related thing, it's amazing to like, be a part of and and it's all through social media like they they just found me through Instagram and they messaged me and I was like okay like that sounds cool you know yeah I I think that's the biggest thing like you know you tag Michaels or you tag Joann's or you tag all your craft related stores a lot of um like specific brands from the craft store like Aileen's like the glue Mm -hmm. yeah tacky glue or like I recently had someone reach out to me that did scissors it's like Mm -hmm. a specific brand I think they want to grow their social media as well so that's another good opportunity to like, you could even reach out to them. Luckily, I was able to, you know, have them reach out to me. So it was like, oh, this is even better. You have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that comes only definitely with time. And it comes with the fact that like, I'm there all the time. And I'm mm-hmm. tagging people and I'm tagging mm-hmm. like content. And so if they finally come to my feed, they're like, oh, like, we'll, we'll ask her, you know? Yeah, so exactly. I was working on like a media kit where I could approach these big brands, mm. but like I've, I've still yet to press send, you know? <laughs> so luckily, like a lot of the times it was nice that they were able to reach out to me and it, and it worked out. But I think a lot of that came from me just tagging and hashtagging and having good photos. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for all these amazing tips and advice. Yeah. This is fantastic. Thank you so much Aww. for coming on our podcast too. We really appreciate Aww, your thank time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me on here. <laughs> oh, no, it's, we've learned so much. I mean, you've had 10 years of experience, like just yeah. learning from like your journey. So much of your experience, I think, speaks to our listeners. There's so much good content here. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'd love to talk to you again. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're such a wealth, of, <laughs> a wealth of knowledge. <laughs>